Welcome to the weekly message from Rayma Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rayma.org.au forward slash media. We're starting a new series today and I guess we could run this one for a while, so we'll just see how long it goes. But this one is called Heavenly Perspective. And notice there that that's a maze. And if you, um, if you try to go through a maze on ground level, it's pretty difficult if it's a high maze. And so when you enter into it, it's really hard to find your way out. But if you look at a maze from a higher level, you can see what we did there. You see that yellow where you come into the maze. And uh, I, I sat with Adam who designed this and it only took us a few minutes to figure out how to get in there and to get out of there because we were looking at it from a higher place. And it's kind of like life can be complicated and hard to figure out if we're always looking at it from a lower place. But when you look at things from a heavenly perspective and from a higher place, you know, there's direction. uh, We know which way to go. We know what to do. And uh, we'll find that we can figure out life a lot better. So this series that we're going to be looking at, it's going to be something different every week. So I don't even know what next week is going to be, and I'll have Patsy help me out with it on and off. Uh, But I know what this week is. So here's a text scripture for this uh, series, Isaiah 55 and verse 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And I love that scripture because, of course, God thinks much higher than we think, and his ways are so different than our ways. But the wonderful thing about God, because he gave us his word, if we look into the word of God, we can actually think like God thinks and start understanding God's ways, and our lives are radically transformed when we do that. So God doesn't always have to be mysterious to us. He wants to show us his ways, and he wants to show us, and he gave us his thoughts. So we're going to look into this this week I said it'll be different every week, but here's what we're going to look into this week, and that's this. What is more blessed? What is more blessed? Now, you'll figure out what that means as we start looking into this. Last week, I I ministered for one of our graduates who pioneered a church up north, and in his church, there was a South African couple that just moved here not that long ago, and I was having a talk with them after the service, And they made a statement to me, and and we were talking about how great this nation is. And this is a great nation, and I know some, I, I, I came to this nation. Now, I know sometimes when you're born and bred in a nation, you might not recognize how great your nation is. But sometimes people coming from the outside with a fresh set of eyes, and Uh, they notice things that you might not even notice or take for granted and coming in from the outside this is a great nation and you really find that out uh, especially when you need help and so I really saw how great this nation is when I went into the hospital uh, in October and I saw how that they they care for you in this nation and coming from the nation and I did uh, I know has been a missionary we've been for 20 plus years where we had to buy pay good money for insurance policies to be covered uh you know to get taken care of and you people that live in this country uh everything you know you when i got out of the hospital i got my bill it was a big fat zero 
but while I was in the hospital, I was talking. They decided, they chose me in the hospital to do a survey of all people. They chose me. So they came in, and, and I was just getting ready to be released. I was going to be released the next day, and they, these two ladies uh, sat at my bed and asked me all these questions. And they were asking me what, what I thought of the way that they cared for me and what I thought about this and what I thought about that. And I said, you do know that I'm from another country, and you do know in my eyes that I think that your care is some of the best care. I have not one critical thing to say. You guys are awesome. I, I, I just love you guys because they were just so caring and loving. I said, I, I have nothing bad to say. And, and they, they were really grateful. I guess maybe if you grew up here, you would have some, maybe you don't appreciate what you have, but when you come in from the outside, you do. So this South African couple, I'm talking to them. And, and, I, uh, and they were telling me, that they said, you know, coming from where we came from to this country, they made this statement. They go, it's almost like you don't almost need God in this country everything is there for you and they said you can forget god in this country now these are christian south africans and they attend church and they they haven't forgot god they were just talking about how great the country was and how well they care for you and it's almost like you can forget we're you know do i need god <laughs> every they're there for everything okay and so i thought that was uh an interesting thought and sometimes the more that we get the more we want even when those kind of things happen so with that thought you know then look at acts chapter 20 and verse 35 uh, this is like that's australian culture now the bible culture it says and i have been a, a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive and I was just thinking as they were talking to me that you, you really can get to a place where you expect more and more because it's so freely given. But then when you come over to kingdom culture and, and look at things from heaven's perspective, Jesus, God, the Bible, they're saying it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So there's these two different realms that we live in we live and and actually the tax money that's paid here uh there's good tax there people work hard and they pay their taxes and they can expect to be taken care of because that's the way the government infrastructure was set up and it's good it's one of the greatest nations in the world but then we have to like pull ourselves out of there and we have to then be able to think kingdom culture at the same time and kingdom culture is it's more blessed to give than it is to receive so we want to look into that today and look at a few things now if god said that it's more blessed to give than to receive god must have been you know he had a plan to load us up and to equip us so we can be givers more than receivers so the first thing we want to do today is that we want to do this we want to look at the things that we already are and already have okay because we are once we accept jesus as lord we become something we become someone everybody is a someone in the kingdom and then we get loaded up and we get a bunch of stuff after we accept jesus as lord so we want to look at who we are and what we have first because if god says that it's more blessed to give than receive then he made it possible for us to be able to be givers so look at the first one colossians chapter 2 in verse 10 it says so you also are complete 
through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I looked up that word complete to see what the Greek definition was, and when it says you're complete, it means to make full, to fill, to fill up as a result of intimate relationship with Christ. So when the Bible says that we're full, what the Bible is saying is that we're filled up. We are complete. We're loaded. Okay, so he made us full, and basically he's everything to us, according to what this says. In him, we can be content. Now, if you're uh, with us, married or single, but I really encourage young people that are not married to begin thinking this way. You know, sometimes you hear, well, somebody wants to get married, and somebody says, well, that person completes me. Actually, the only person that really can complete us and make cause us to be happy and joyful and content is God and the Lord Jesus. And, you know, we, we've been married now for quite a while, and my, my wife and I, we love each other. Uh, there's times we make each other laugh, but there's a joy that comes from heaven that, that's much more than a laugh. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a consistent joy. And there really isn't any man or any woman that can complete each other. Only he can complete. And, and, and lasting contentment can only come from heaven. And so in him, we are complete. And I, I like what this one preacher said. He said... Uh, that the greatest day in his life because he had a wife that had some issues but then one day the light went off and she got a revelation of who she was in Christ and he said the greatest day in my life was the day that my wife realized she didn't need me now you know sometimes us macho guys and when I was growing up because I wasn't a Christian I was actually looking for a lady that really needed me and I think some of us guys know what that meant. And, you know, God probably was laughing all along because he had, you know, I wasn't a Christian growing up and I'm looking for this helpless lady that needs me. Then I get born again and I go to Bible school and my wife was one of my teachers at Bible school and she seemed like Mrs. Strongwoman that needed nothing and nobody. God has a sense of humor. And so I never really got to play out the big macho guy that had this helpless lady that needed me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But you see, that's the way that, you know, guys can think. And I, I remember, you know, like, funny thing, like, we're sitting in Bible school, and, uh, and we didn't know, I, I moved to, Oklahoma three months before Bible school started and I went to a special service they had uh, and my wife came out to lead worship we didn't even know her name and my brother and I were roommates at Bible school so she leads worship and then we go and I I, I no here well I, I told the story wrong my brother went the first night and he came back and said I want you to go tonight and see this girl that I saw I'm thinking about asking her out it was my wife um, so I went the next night and I saw, and I, we went back to our apartment, and I said, hey, you know, um, I th the Lord told me that's going to be my wife. And he said, I saw her first, don't you go near her. And, and we kind of had that agreement as brothers, whoever saw somebody first, you know, the other one had to respect that. So I said, okay, but I think really she's going to be my wife. So then we start Bible school, and then one day out walks 
Patsy, and she taught the students. And then we went back to the apartment. I go, well, there's that girl again. We still didn't get her name. And I said, are you still going to ask her out? And my brother said, no way. She scares me. Uh, he, said, my, he said, I just want this little girl that'll, that'll cook for me, wash the clothes, sew up my socks. He said, I, that scares me. And so he said, you can ask her out. She's all yours. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. See, some guys, they, they have that thing, well, I just want this helpless little lady that, that needs me, you know, that can't get along. But my brother finally grew up, and now his wife, you know, he's a pastor, and his wife teaches and preaches on Sunday mornings, but he had to grow into that. He had to get secure himself. And in Christ, you know, we, we become complete, and really we should get to a place where we are secure, and we're not even intimidated by our own wives. Amen. So in him, you know, we, he meets all of our needs spiritually, emotionally, physically, material. That's what he'll do. Here's another scripture. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Praise be to the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So what, what you notice there, we're complete, but then notice that's past tense. It says that he has blessed us in the heavenly realms, and then it says, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So if a spiritual blessing exists, it already belongs to us. If there, if there is any spiritual blessing, whether we know it or we don't know it, it belongs to us, and we already have it. And so really, as Christians, our thing is like, just learn what, what it, how are we blessed, how big are we blessed, and find out about it, because it's already ours. So we're complete in him, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing that there is. We're not beggars. We're not beggars. Amen. And even with our worship team, if we ever sing a song that, if, if it sounds like that, and we haven't done this for a, a, a while, but if there's a song that it sounds like we're begging for something, we, we just say, please, we don't want to sing that song here because we're not beggars. We, if we already have something, we don't have to beg for it. It already belongs to us, okay? So as Christians, we have to know that we have it all. Look, well, as a matter of fact, look at this scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 21. Look at what this says. It says, so then, no more boasting about men. All things are yours. All things are yours. And then uh, it says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And so, you know, we've all done it before where, you know, you, you, can, uh, you can run into a person that's so anointed and so dynamic and you could boast about that person and put them on a pedestal. I used to do that often, especially when I was going to Bible school. You're younger in the Lord. But, you know, what the Lord is saying here, of course, honors in the word and God wants us to honor ministry gifts so we don't, we don't ever dishonor ministry gifts or anybody but what God is trying to say is like, if you're a Christian, you're like everyone else, and it's all equal, and every Christian has all things. All things are yours. And so we all have the same stuff. And that's why the Lord said, and he knew it, he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive, and I'm going to load all of you up with everything. You're going to have it all, 
blessed with all blessings in heavenly places, complete, all things are yours. So that's why he said it's more blessed to give than to receive, because I'm going to give you plenty of stuff that you can give. Okay, so let's look at, I like what Reinhard Bonnke says, some of the stuff he says. Uh, look at this, he says, there is no such thing as another Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came to stay. You know, once you get saved and you have the Holy Spirit, God's not going to take anything from us. Once we get saved, it's ours forever. And we don't have to beg for it. Now, you know, you can get in a prayer meeting and you can get refilled and recharged up, but you don't lose it. Here's something else Reinhard Bonnke says. He said, what use is it going to one prayer meeting after another to pray for power if you never do anything that needs power? Or your prayers are steeped in uh, disobedience or unbelief. Faith does not come by logic. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Miracles flow only through the hands that distribute bread. Faith and obedience is the vehicle which carries believers, even timid ones, into the miracle zone. I like that. Even timid ones can get carried into the miracle zone. I was at church on Friday night talking to a man that just, he's ready to turn 80 years old. And he came up from Sydney a couple weeks ago. So he was here two Friday nights ago. I wasn't here two Friday nights ago. He was here. And then he goes, I came here and he said, I have back pains for, for years. And he said, somebody here. And he goes, I don't know who it was, just somebody here, <laughs> which I like. You know, and I found out after the service, the people that prayed for him came up and told me. But he said, somebody laid hands on me and prayed for me. And he goes, I haven't had back pain all week. And he said, and I've had it for years. And, and what's that? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And just somebody, uh, uh, guys that, the guys that prayed for him, uh, they really don't preach here. They attend our church. And about three of them laid hands and prayed for him and he was healed because every believer has stuff man we all have stuff okay so look at matthew 10 and verse 8 it says heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons freely you have received freely give so that's why he said it's more blessed to give because everything's free we have it all we're loaded and so he says we can heal the sick we can raise the dead we can cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. I remember that, that back in the 70s and early 80s that there was such an excitement. There, if somebody died, people, Christians, they would go to the funeral home and they would say, I'm going to just see if God will use me to raise them from the dead. It, it's like I remember that excitement. There was a period of such excitement that, that Christians just wouldn't put up with death. If somebody died, they, there would be Christians going there saying, Lord, you want to use me? I'll, I'll lay hands on that dead person right now and call them back to life. There was a season like that. It'd be great to get back to that season where people just expect miracles. People just know that they're so loaded up and they got so much stuff to give that God will use them to raise somebody from the dead to lay hands on people. Uh, that'll be a great time, season to get back to. Let's plan on going there. Okay. Now, look, look at, uh, here's an important thing. We want to see, our, see ourselves like heaven sees us. Every Christian, every Christian should, you, we all need to be seeing ourselves like heaven sees us, okay? 
and, and this came into my heart, we won't dispense heaven if we think we don't have heaven to dispense. Okay? Now, the way that they think out in the world is so different, and we shouldn't be thinking like the world, but the world, they think, well, we're lacking. And I have, uh, I have a number of wealthy relatives. It seems like most of our relatives are wealthy, you know, and they own businesses and everything. And, and so I've been around wealthy people. It's interesting, you can have a lot of money but you can be lacking in a lot of other areas even though you have a lot of money. And, and you know, there's wealthy people out there that they need God, and they're hurting. But the world, they'll think, well, we're lacking, we need fixed, we need taken care of, uh, we need somebody to help us. Uh, we, how can we help somebody when we need help? That's how a lot of the thoughts out there are. We can't do it on our own. That, that, that's like real common thoughts out there. Kingdom of God, on the other hand, it's like they should be thinking, well, I accepted Jesus as my Lord, and I got fixed when I got into Christ. Christ Jesus fixes me. We should at least be thinking that. Now, I know sometimes that people's emotions aren't right. They get saved, and they, their spirits are saved, but their emotions aren't still right. But the first step in getting fixed emotions is saying what God says, not what your emotions say. So when the emotions want to be like this, it's really good to say what God says. And we really can have stability in Christ. But we don't want to talk. We don't want our emotions to be behind what we say. We want truth to be behind what we say, okay? So look at Psalm 92, this picture of Christians here in verse 12. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree they will grow like a cedar of lebanon planted in the house of the lord they will flourish in the courts of our god they will still still bear fruit in old age they will stay fresh and green and some of us that are over 60 years old we like that don't we amen italiano uh, but, you know, I, I was looking up, and I, I kind of looked at the palm tree. I wanted to find out something about the palm tree and the cedar. I found more about the palm tree than I did about the cedar. But the palm tree, here's what it says about a palm tree. It says it grows slowly but steadily from century to century, uninfluenced by those alternations of the seasons which affect other trees. So notice that it's saying that other trees aren't quite like a palm tree. They're stronger. And so the Bible's saying that we can be like palm trees and that we can flourish. Uh, and, and they go from century to century. In other words, they're around a long time. Uh, I like the way that it says that, that you can still bear fruit in old age and that we would stay fresh and green. The palm tree, it also uh, it doesn't really get affected in the wintertime with copious rain nor does it droop under the drought and the burning sun of summer. So it can handle large amounts of rain and it doesn't affect it, but if there's a drought, it doesn't droop during a drought. And what does that say? Well, the palm tree has roots that go down and those roots are pulling things from a deeper place. So this is painting the picture of Christians that it's like when God said it's more blessed to give than to receive, well, his plan is that we would be so strong and that we would be able to get so planted and strong 
that we would be there for other people that would need us. So God's plans for Christians is that we grow up and get strong and that we stay around for years and that we're available to give and bless people for years. Another thing about the palm tree, uh, if there's rain, I mean, if there's wind, it, it might sway from side to side, but it never, it never gets bent. It, it's, it's always upright. And I like that, you know, as Christians, that we can face challenges and circumstances, but we can stay upright. And we won't let the winds of circumstance cause us to get pushed over. Uh, and here it says this about the palm tree, that it stands looking calmly down upon the world below and patiently yielding its large clusters of golden fruit from generation to generation. They bring forth fruit in old age. It's talking about the palm tree. And that's really describing what it can be like in Christianity, that we go from glory to glory and from faith to faith, and it gets brighter. Our path is brighter and brighter, the path of the righteous. That's, it's describing uh, what we can be. So it's just thinking and seeing ourselves like God sees us from his perspective. So with that in mind, uh, let's look at this. Let's talk about dispensing heaven on earth. Okay, dispensing heaven on earth. And this came into my heart along these lines, and it's simply this. God's investment to us and in us is sufficient for the job he has for us. Okay, so if he said it's more blessed to give than to receive, if he said those things about us, then that means the investment that he made to us, in us, it's good enough, it's sufficient for the job he has for us. So he, you know, he gave us everything we need to get the job done. So with that in mind, uh, let's look at John 4 and verse 10. And this is something Jesus said. So Jesus said this, he, he answered her and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So there's a few things that we see here about Jesus and it, uh, just three main things and so if you put those things up there you'll see that he knew who he was and what he's saying is if if we want to give things out we just need to know who we are we need to know how we're gifted and then we need to know what we have to give and that's really Christianity find out who we are find out how we're gifted and then find out what we have to give it's really simple and that's, our, that's the path that we're on. So the faster a Christian finds out who they are, the better off they are. The faster they find out how they're gifted, the better off they are. And then that means that that Christian is in a position then to give. We find out what we can give. Well, you know, what, what are some of the things that we can give? Well, I know that I can give love. And anybody that's a Christian because the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So we all have love to give. Sometimes even a smile, you know, you know uh, just smiling at somebody can change their day. Smiling at somebody and giving them some love can make a difference in their day. But we have even more than that to give. We can give salvation to people. We can lead people to the Lord. We can lay hands on people and we can help. We can get people healed by laying on of hands. We all have the Holy Spirit and we all have wisdom. We can, uh, we can 
in a sense, counsel people. I know, uh, legally speaking, you say, sp give people spiritual guidance unless you have a certificate that says you're a counselor. So, but as Christians, we can all give spiritual guidance to people. Uh, it's, I like to say about myself that I have wisdom beyond my years. And I, and I like something I heard uh, an older minister say once, he started to pastor before he got married. And so when you're pastoring before you get married, and he had a, it, it, this is many years ago, and they didn't have mega churches back then, so the churches were smaller many, many years ago. So he's a young guy, like 18 years old, pastoring a church, and he's not married, and, and he didn't have a staff, he didn't have any other pastors, so he had to counsel married people as an 18-year-old single guy. And he's having to counsel married people. Well, you know, most people would run away from something like that, not even want to get into it. But, you know, this pastor said that he just started to say, I have wisdom beyond my years, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that pastor became a successful counselor for married people, and he wasn't married. He eventually got married. Okay? So we, we can say about ourselves, we... In, Instead of saying things about ourselves like we're stupid, and I used to call myself stupid. I, I've done, not done it for years, but I always used to call myself stupid. And I always used to say that, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. But then after I got saved, I began to change my terminology and I began to see myself like God sees me. So now I say I have wisdom beyond my years. I have, some, I have liberal amounts of wisdom. These are things to say that we can say these things all the time. Uh, to, uh, to, to say what God says about us will definitely change us. Okay, look at one last scripture, Acts chapter 3, and look at verse uh, 6. It's, then it, it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So what you see there, Jesus said, if you knew who it was and if you knew the gift you would ask and I would give so what we see with Jesus he knew who he was he knew what he had uh, to he knew how he was gifted and he knew what he had to give you basically see that here that Peter and John they knew who they were they knew how they were gifted and they knew what they could give and so basically that's a principle in Christianity Whatever you know you have, if you know who you are, and if you know what you have, you can give it. But for any of us, we can't give anything we don't, if, if we don't think we have it, we can't give it. So that's why it's so important to believe the right things about ourselves. So instead of looking at somebody saying, well, that person's really smart, that person really knows God. That person really moves in the Holy Ghost. That person flows with God. That person is so bold, you know. And then, but then with yourself, I'm timid. I don't know God. I, you know, the faster that we start believing what God believes about us, that we do, we have God in us. We all know God. He's in us. We all can flow and move in the Holy Spirit. We all are loaded up with stuff, and we, we start believing that about ourselves. Then we are positioning ourselves to be able to be givers 
and it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, okay? So here's just some things closing up today. Uh, just living life from heaven's perspective, I just wrote a few things down that when you get up in the morning, here's some really good things to say about yourself when you get out of bed in the morning, no matter how you feel. And I can tell you, after all these years, I don't feel spiritual in the morning. I hardly get out of bed one morning in my life that I feel spiritual. If you're waiting to feel spiritual, you may wait for quite a while. <laughs> so your feelings cannot dictate. So when I get out of bed in the morning, I like saying things about myself. So we can all say, when you get out of bed, you can say, I'm full of God. You might not feel full of God, but say, I'm full of God because he's in us. We can say that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. Maybe you don't know every spiritual blessing you're blessed with, but at least say it. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing when, when we get out, uh, when we get out of bed in the morning and say, all things are mine, because the Bible says all things are ours. So even though if we don't know everything that's ours, let's say all things are mine. Uh, I am complete in him today, because the Bible says we're complete. We're full. We're complete. Uh, I have something to give. Instead of getting out of bed thinking, what can I get? I have something to give. I remember I was just a young child, you know, young back then when John F. Kennedy, uh, at the time we were Catholics, you know, and I, I, I had not yet accepted Jesus as my Lord, and I know some Catholics do, so d don't take that like I'm criticizing, but I was not born again, but I remember when John F. Kennedy came into office and my parents were thrilled because a Catholic made it in, you know, and, but the big thing that John F. Kennedy said is he said, it's not what your country can do for you, it's what you can do for your country. And that was a radical statement. And it really ministered to a lot of people because it got Americans to start thinking, like, give me, give me, give me. And like the, the president comes in and says, you're always thinking, what, give me, give me, give me. He said, why don't you start thinking, what can you do? And really, that's what God is saying. I'm, I'm, I've already loaded you up with everything so don't think about gimme, gimme, gimme. Start thinking about what can I give because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, okay? So Father, I thank you so much today for everyone that's here. And Father, I thank you that we are loaded down with so much. And Father, I, I thank you that you help us to think like you think, that we would have heavenly perspective and realize that we have so much to give and it's more blessed to give than to receive father i pray if there anybody if anybody would be here today lord uh, that they do not know jesus as lord i pray for them today lord i ask that you speak to their hearts lord let them know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose and that there is only one way to heaven there is only one way to salvation, and that way is through Jesus. I'd like to invite the congregation right now, if you'll please close your eyes. I want to give, uh, in my opinion, the most important invitation that can ever be given, and that's the invitation uh, that if there would be somebody here today and Jesus isn't your Lord, that you would be able to accept Jesus today as your Lord. And the Bible makes it really clear Somebody might say, well, I have church membership. There's nowhere in the Bible that says church membership will save anybody. 
Somebody might say, I do a lot of nice things for people. I help people. There's nowhere in the Bible that says helping people will save you. The Bible tells us very clearly that there's only one way to be saved. It's not our works. It's not church membership. It's not being born into a Christian family. But the Bible makes it really clear the only way to salvation is Jesus Christ. And the Bible makes it clear telling us that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. Today we want to give you that opportunity that you can humble yourself and know that you can't save yourself. Church membership can't save you. Doing nice things can't save you. But you humble yourself and you realize that Jesus will save you. And you humble yourself and confess him as your Lord. We want to pray and we're going to give you an opportunity as a church family. We're all going to say this together. If you're with us today and you have not yet done this today is your day and it's a very important day so I ask that eyes are closed because it helps everyone to concentrate and pray from their heart so with your eyes closed I'm going to ask you to say this with us and when you say this you want to mean it you say it from your heart and you want to believe it and mean it from your heart so let's do this together Heavenly Father Thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you. You came to earth for me. You died for me. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for loving me. I want to confess you now as my Lord. Jesus, I call you Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. You are welcome in my life today. You're my Lord from this day forward. Thank you for loving me. And I love you because you love me. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please